Y'all know she was putting off some kind of sin or something. Is he? I just got finished chasing off two dogs. Two of them coming out there. Now, what in the world are they doing down here? So I chased them up the hill. Some little pit bull and some other little old crazy. They don't know what he was. What y'all probably want to do is, one of y'all brothers probably want to jump in a car, run down there and let rock loose. In that case, one of them come, he can go ahead and eat the five of them. <laughs> There's one thing rock don't play, he don't play with a male dog. Mm -mm. So we come down here and see a bloody rag pup, I mean a bloody rag dog, we know what happened. <laughs> All right. Ah, hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Uh, Heavenly Father, we do thank you this day that you've given us. Thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for your truth. Thy word is truth. We thank you for all things. Speak to us your words of truth. Give us an understanding to draw closer to you. We give you the glory of all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You ever wonder? I don't, I, I'm not going to ask any questions like that. I really ain't. Because I'm not really looking for answers. Um, because um, it, it depends on where your heart is. You know, um, when we read about our brothers who have gone on before us in this word right here, I know it's kind of hard to realize this since we're here and they were there. But these men were no different than we were. <laughs> you understand that? These men that we read about in this book right here, no different than you and I. The reason why they're in this book, some good, some bad, but I'm talking about the faithful ones, is because they exhibit and demonstrated a greater power of belief than other people did. They didn't allow life itself to distract them from their creator. You know, a lot of times we get distracted, and when we're distracted from our creator, that removes our heart away from him. And so the things that we would love to do, the things that we should do, we don't find ourselves doing because it's not important to us any longer. Whereas when your heart is close to him, what he has and what he wants is your priority in life. That, that's what's important. And so the flesh puts forth an illusion by saying, well, and sometimes they don't even say it. It's just a notion. It's just an awareness that, you know, if I do all this, do all that, then I won't be able to do what I want to do. You ever, there's one thing you should have learned a long time ago about flesh is that it's never satisfied. It's, it would never be satisfied. It can't be satisfied. You get finished from that, you'll be going from one dead faith to the next dead faith to the next dead faith. And before it's all said and done, you don't live 60, 70 years and ain't done nothing for the kingdom. Because you're all about yourself. Because, you know, I had an opportunity to, you know, the saints here, they'll tell you from early on 2000 to 2000. What it was about 2005? Man, I was traveling all over the place. Was I not going and ministering this word and stuff? And, and then when I look back over and stuff, you know, I, I don't expect anybody to come here because I actually tell them, stay where you're at. This is where God have you. Stay where you're at. 
And I would get people to pull me over the side. Boy, I sure wish you was down here. I said, you got a man of God down here. Boy, I sure wish you was down here. I said, how about you loving God? And I would tell them, you think that your, you think that your uh, faith and belief is predicated upon my ability to be able to teach. No, it's your ability to be able to love God individually and hear for yourself. And if you pray for the one that God has got an authority over you because you're sitting there listening to him, how long you been here? Twelve years. And I said, well, isn't that something? Isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? You wish I was here. And then if you was up there where I was, I would say, I wish you wasn't there. Now, that's just how I talk to people. Y'all know how I've been over the years. And the one thing I've made sure I've never been was a hypocritical preacher. You know, I'll show you how the world perceives stuff. Um, the world would say, I ain't going to church. Well, why come you ain't going to church? Because it's full of hypocrites. Really? I had to deal with that question. I, did, I actually had to deal with a statement like that one day. I said, church full of hypocrites. Yeah, sure is. Full of hypocrites. They go to church. They do all this. They say this. But you all to see them. And I said, really? And I said, so what does that make you? One thing about the hypocrite, at least it's what you say they are. At least they're trying. What are you doing? <laughs> and then all of a sudden they get mute on me. See, it's easy for us to make judgment on somebody else uh, and others or what they're doing or not doing. But the problem is, I, I don't know. I, uh, humanity. Because I'm a, I'm a personal type preacher. I just personally get involved with people. And then when you don't want me personally involved, I won't get involved either. You'll be begging and wishing I was involved. Because I'll just withdraw. Like you ain't never seen me. You think you withdraw. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise. You know what? If y'all would, if y'all would discipline Ruby at home as a baby, she wouldn't do all that. If y'all notice, Fifi don't do all that. If y'all would just take some care and discipline her at home, it doesn't bother me. You know that because she is a baby. But there's a difference. You know, I try to all the time to teach people that there's a difference between living here and living out there. And sometimes I have to actually insult some of our parents here because they don't particularly do the way that we try to teach them the way they should do with the children. Now, you know, a few years back, four or five years back, we had, I'll go about six years back, we had a whole bunch of children in here. And the people would come and go, how in the world y'all get those children? Little bitty. Catherine and them would just set up and I tell you, I kid you not, and they say, what? Discipline. And we're an unruly and undisciplined generation. And of course, then when I say stuff like, you know what happens, right? You feel that pull and that tug on your heart. What you ought to do is, is take heed and take careful to wise counsel. So then you won't have to worry about me being your enemy. Because I'm not your enemy. The enemy is your enemy. Let me give you an example. Let me teach you something here. How do you know the difference between an accusation? What is an accusation? When you... When, when it, Usually you, you hear something in your mind. Are y'all with me? Usually you hear something in your mind, right? So how can you determine if that's just an accusation or if it's the truth? How do you determine it? How do you know? I mean, we know that the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brother. But the only way he can accuse the brother, he's got to use somebody. So how do you know? How do you know? 
How do you know? No, you don't know. That's why I'm here. I'm asking the question because I'm going to tell you. I'm actually going to tell you. And then when I say it, you're going, oh, like we always do. Which I'm glad for because that's what truth is supposed to do because I don't have a monopoly on truth. You don't have a monopoly on truth. Are you following me? But a teacher is supposed to be able to have the ability to teach, to be able to open up people's understanding, which comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. You, how you know it's accusation is this. First of all, number one, you pay attention to your character and nature of what you're hearing. When you hear something, how do you respond? How, do you, how does it cause you to react? What's one of the biggest problems in church? The reason why people can't get along. Lack of communication. When there's something wrong with you or something you believe you have an ought with someone, what's the problem? Communication. We don't communicate. And rather than doing what the Bible says, if you have an ought with another brother, we break protocol or what God says and go over and talk to somebody else, don't we? When we should do what? Go right straight to the person and, and you would find out if what you're hearing is true or false. Would you not? Yes, you would. Yes, you would. But we don't do that. You know the reason why? Because we become so used to walking in the flesh and doing it the flesh way rather than doing it God's way. His way works every time. What happened is the enemy, he'll put something in your head. And a lot of times, if you're, if you're really trying to work spiritually, you're trying to discern if this thing is, hey, is that true? Is it is an accusation or is it false? Because the one thing about an accusation, it would never come if it didn't seem so true. That's what snares us. Because we hear it. When the enemy puts a thought into your mind, you hear it, and it seems so true. And rather than trying to discern what's going on, we usually receive it as truth. Because we sit and meditate on it. And we think on it. We dwell on it. And that right? See, this is communication of the spirit. Rather than doing what the Bible says, first of all, cast down thought. If it's something that is of the spirit, and it's something you need to be concerned about, so that you don't get confused if it's an accusation or not, the Holy Spirit will put a deep concern in your spirit for your brother and sister, rather than that accusing thing that causes you to call to get cold, withdraw. Break off communication. Be indifferent. And if the Holy Spirit just, just presses on your spirit. Sometimes he will even uh, uh, cause you to. If you, if you can't just get it. Just start to pray for the person. That's how you know. But every time we fall in a trap. Don't we? We fall into the trap. And if it was an accusation that the enemy did. What can you do about it anyway? The enemy is looking for you to give life to the situation. And the only way you can give life is through voice, words, 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 your thought. Because if it's not, if it's, if it's not of God, you won't have all these ramifications of the flesh that come along with an accusation. You know, you may be troubled in spirit, but that troubling will not allow you to behave out of character. Are we listening? Really? I bet y'all figure, how in the world you know all this stuff, Pastor? I told you. I, I started out by saying these men in this book are no different than we are today. They were no different. The only difference is, is that they had a love. A love for God. And I'm not saying that you don't love God. I'm trying to teach you. Are you following me? Because that's my job. That's, my, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to teach you. 
But after you have been taught and you still walk after the manner of the Gentiles, then what, what other recourse do I have? But correction, rebuke. You follow me? So that the people who are listening, they can fear. Is that what the Bible teaches? Because, you know, we're kind of shallow mind. We allow the slightest little thing to take us away from God. And that lets us know how great is your love then? How great is your love that, that just one little enticement of sin or one accusation in the mind can totally remove you away from your course of walking with God? Totally remove you away from prayer. Remove you away from reading your word and studying about him who never offended you, who never did anything to you but tried to continually save you. What kind of strength do you have in you? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. See, these are the questions that need to be presented to our own self. That's called discerning the Lord's body. That's what that's called. Then you'll find out who do you love. Because he never promised us that we would not be without temptation. Isn't that right? But he told us that he, with every temptation, he'll make a way of escape. But you have to choose that way of escape. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, around here straightway, it seemed like for the last month or so, we've been under just constant rebuke. If you go out and look and see what we're doing physically, you'd be like, well, there ain't nothing. What, what can, who can condemn what we're doing physically? Because we're not doing anything for the natural eye to constitute that kind of attention. But yet and still, the spirit is communicating something else. And every time he communicates, he hits it right on the spot. Right on the spot. Right. It ain't no accusation either. And why does God do this? Those who he loves, he chases. And what do people want as soon as they get corrected? They don't want nobody. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And he scourges every son who he receives. Who the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Now, if you don't want any chastisement, you don't want to be chastened, what does the Bible call you? A bastard. And we don't want to be bastards. We've been around here doing this thing long enough to tell that when the Spirit of the Holy Spirit is troubled about something, or when we're uh, going in the right direction. All right, following Proverbs chapter 3. So accusations, I'm not talking about accusations. I really am not. I'm just bringing this up. Accusations, brother, so to pay attention to what's going on in your spirit. Pay attention. What does it cause you to do? Does it cause you to love or does it cause you to not love? Does it withdraw you or does it get, cause you to be closer? Does it cause you to be concerned for your brothers and sisters? Do you go around and gossip and slander and tell bear to try to make a position? Try to, you know, that's that wicked way. We're, we're, we're showing like we're concerned, but we're really not concerned when we're really killing them. You understand what I mean? It's a very fine line. It, it really is, but it, it can be discerned because God didn't put us here to be ignorant. Hallelujah. That's what the enemy does. He's always trying to sneak in away. Always trying to sneak in away. Listen to what the word says. It says, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart, let your, let, that means allow. Allow your heart to do what? Keep my commandments. Isn't that something? Because I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't nobody in here that want to keep God's commandments. No, it ain't. Your inward man, regenerated, new, in Christ Jesus, has a love for it. 
Isn't that right? That's like, I'm going to show you something. Y'all ready to learn again? I'm going to show you something how deceitful man is. How many times do you purpose in your heart, you say, boy, my God, we done went another week. Sabbath done gone. We, we done went from Sabbath to Sabbath another whole week. And, and then all of a sudden, you'll get in your, in your spirit. Man, I, I really got to spend some quality time with my God. You ever say that before? Man, I just ain't reading this word like I should. Man, I need to be reading my I really need to spend some study time with my God. I mean, you ever done it before? And then when it comes time to do it, all of a sudden, then what? Well, there's a fulfillment of the scripture. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Huh? Now, that don't mean that you just keep giving excuses for the flesh. Let's let you know that the spirit is indeed willing. There's something about our Holy Spirit continually drawing us to God. To trying to keep us continually before him. But every time you turn around, boy, this weak flesh shows up, don't it? And then next thing you know, we lackadaisical, lethargic. We get passive, apathetic. All these traits start coming in. And then next thing you know, the day is gone. And we're like, oh, my, my, my. And then the spirit keeps on striving. What's the first example of overcoming? First of all, number one, recognize. Recognize what's going on. Recognize that your spirit is there and that he is indeed willing. And then number two, recognize that because your flesh is weak, it is so strong it's keeping you from the growth of the spirit. And you've got the purpose in your heart to make your flesh an enemy because the scriptures teaches us, it commands us that this flesh is supposed to be dying. It's not going to volunteer either. There's something that you yourself got to crucify. And the way you crucify the flesh is, is by killing it with the word of God. Killing it with the life of God. Because the flesh has a love affair with death. So the word says, my son, forget not my law, but keep my, look, but let thy heart keep my commandments. Look what happens. For a length of days and long life and what? Peace shall they add to thee. That's just obeying God. Hallelujah. Then he says, look, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. And what happens if truth doesn't line up with your agenda? We forsake it, don't we? Isn't that something? Come on, brother and sister. But this, the, the admonishment is let not mercy and truth Forsake thee to do what? Bind them about thy neck and write them up on the tables of thy what? What what is the issue here then? It's the heart then, isn't it? Isn't that something? Look, so shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of who? God and man. Don't you know every last one of us understand everybody around here what their strengths and weaknesses are? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. It's just the truth. So that means we can understand what your strengths are and what area you have a lot of favor with God as, as well as not. Isn't that right? God knows them. So how come we can't know them? We live amongst each other. We should. Then he says this, trust in Yahweh with all thy heart. With how much of your heart? Not some of it. Not just a piece you decide to give it to him on a, whenever it's convenient. But with all your heart. It's like Jeremiah 30, 30. Jeremiah 30, 13. Thou has no healing what? Medicines. And what happens the first time that something happens to you in your body, what is the first place your heart take you if it ain't right with God? 
take you to a herb, take you to a medicine, take you to anything but God. Look at him looking at him. This is how you can try your heart. This is how you can test your spirits to know where you at. Do you seek God first and get direction on what he say do? Or do we just in autopilot just automatically act after the flesh? Now how can we expect for God to trust us with all of his riches, especially especially um, the growing the grace and knowledge of him, Jesus Christ, and, and since we do have a durable power of attorney of his power, to be entrusted with all that, if we can't do these little least things, that's why it's a growth thing. That's why it's a growth. He continued, you know, grow, grow, grow. Because he said, okay, I can trust my, my daughter. I can trust my son with this. I can trust him with that. I can't trust him with this. Why? Because their heart not right yet in that area. Can't trust him with that yet because their heart ain't right yet. So we understand that the Holy Spirit is communicating with us continually all the time. And he's always reproving the world of sin in us. Does he do that because he wants us to, to be downcast, downtrodden, defeated to go back in the world does he do it because he wants to strengthen us that's right he does because he wants us to be strengthened after the inward man to be ambassadors a good ambassador laborers in this field of harvest in this end time where we're at nowadays we can't be so soon shaken in mind troubled by every spirit you know what i mean we got to have some consistency with us hallelujah you take the natural count of just, let's say, a regular old labor work day. It can, it can consist from anywhere from 4 to 12 hours. Is that right? And, and you look at all that time you have to put in that labor and then look how much time you actually labor for the kingdom of God. Then can we see that God hates a false balance? Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look what he says right here. Look at this. Trust in the Lord all thy heart. Lean not to thy own. What? Understand what was it always comes up, don't it? I don't understand. Look, and in all in all what? Thy ways acknowledge him and he shall do what? Direct your what? He'll deal, he'll show you which way to go. He will show you which way to go. And be not wise in thy what? Own eyes, because the majority of us have worldly wisdom. I mean, it's kind of not hard to have worldly wisdom if you've been walking in the world 30 years and only been walking in the Lord too. Is that a good analogy? Is that fair? Fair to say? That's not to say you can't grow by leaps and bounds. You understand what I mean? And, but you, you understand, you've got to actively get busy with mortifying this flesh, though. Isn't that right? Be not wise in our own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now, you know what troubles about evil? is what we'd call evil. Oh, mercy. Yeah, there's a lot of things that people call evil that we don't call evil. But yet, what we don't call evil ain't getting us no closer to God either. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to the king. Isn't that not true? Is that not true? So we need to get close to him. Now, I'm going to show you a few scriptures here. We're going to go to John 20. John chapter 20, verse 30. And we're going to show you about Jesus. We're going to actually do a little bit more talking about, but here we go with the inception of of uh, again making an attempt to get back um, to teaching on healing. Again, everybody's interested in that. But you have to understand that healing is based on conditions. It really truly is. It's based on a righteous, godly life. 
We've got authority because he's already delegated. But if you notice, even just like in a natural, people may have authority, but there are positions of authority. There are levels of authority. You understand what I mean? So if you hunger and thirst to be right, then what God is going to do? He's going to give you authority. He's going to give you even more authority. Isn't that right? He's going to give you more responsibility. More. Amen. It's just the truth. Then look at this. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. Y'all hear that? There were so many other things that Jesus did. We don't even have a record of it. In the presence of his disciples. But look what it says. But these are written. What? The ones that we have. Is that right? That you might believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And that believing you might have life through his what? Name. See we make it. Hey. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the reason why if we have a lot of trouble with getting a lot of authority since we already have it or the amount of authority we would love to have to be able to operate is because we're lacking in the knowledge. Is that right? We're lacking in the knowledge of Jesus' name and using his name. And of course, then there's that aspect of fear. How many times you have been confronted with something and then automatically doubt rises? You don't have to hear nothing. It's, it's just a notion that pops up. It's, it's like, it's a, what, do you, what is that there for? That's there, you know, you got something you need to work on. Because where does that doubt come from? The heart. There go your heart. That heart, that thing you, you make, you draw on a piece of paper. Or that thing, you go, this is my heart. See, it's right here. No, you just got finished knowing it. Where does thoughts arise at? Right here? No. Why does thoughts arise in your heart? You go, well, wait a minute. I'm hearing it up here, but that's where your heart is. My heart ain't up here. He's talking about the seat of understanding. That's what the Bible is talking about, brother and sister. See, you got to get out of this fleshly way of thinking. That means there's an area lacking, greatly lacking, because he that doubteth is down. And if you doubt, let not that man think he's going to receive anything. A double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. So the devil comes to hit that. You know, it's uncommon. Actually, if the real true gospel of Jesus Christ was being preached, even amongst all these churches, this, uh, all across this land right here, you know that the hospital should almost be out of business. Because Jesus came in power and authority. And he came teaching his disciples. And he gave us marching orders. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper, raise the dead, and cast out devils. He gave us that, is that right? But yet and still, the church, we're nothing but a whooping post for the world. And it ought not to be like that. And because we're going to find a little later on, when you start doing these things and stuff, you would think that the church leaders would be opening up doors and welcoming and inviting you, but instead they'll be filled with envy, indignation, and wrath, jealousy, want to put you to death. Not because they're really concerned about the condition of people, but because they're concerned that they may lose some people. That's what the scribes and Pharisees' motivation was. And of course, and then the people are bound by so much fear, they're afraid to be put out of the church. And the reason why they're afraid to be put out of church is because they're afraid people up here who have no power and authority over them anyway, but yet and still they care more about what they say than what the king says. 
They care about more how they appear amongst men rather than they do God, and it prohibits them from doing the work of God. See, all these are real things. Hallelujah. Very real things, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. And that's the reason why these are just some of the reasons why the, the power of the kingdom of God is not even operating today. Now, the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. In the name of Jesus. Peter told us clearly in, in the word. Now, there's a man laying at the gate of the temple. Is that right? That's sitting right down the porch. Beautiful. And he, was, he, was, he couldn't even walk. Is that right? But we're going to look at something right here for a second, a little bit more in depth than what we did before. Now, it says, then Peter uh, said, silver and gold have I none. Is that right? Is that right? But such as I have, I give to thee in the name of who? Do what? Rise up and walk. Now, I'm going to show you something. We see that Peter didn't have no money. Is that right? All he had, he figured out what he had though. He had a whole lot of Jesus. I'm asking you, how much Jesus do you have? Because it is he that doeth the work in you. But if you limit the Holy One of Israel, then his work will be limited in you. Remember, blessed are those which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. But if you limit the Holy One of Israel in you, you're going to limit the power and authority of God operating. Because remember, he's in you. Your hand is an extension of Jesus' hand. Because without him, we can do nothing. Is that right? Now watch this. I'm going to show you something else right here. The fourth verse. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. What do you think is going on here? I'll give you an example. How many times, especially... Um, the brothers can understand this a lot. Some, you sisters can too. How many times have we just been caught into the circle, the Ferris wheel of religion, of going through the motions? Okay, it's the right thing to do, so let's do it. Or how many times we try to stir up ourselves into believing? Are y'all listening to me? Ain't really true you don't believe. Huh? See, the one thing about Peter and this, this particular guy right here. Peter, look at this. I'm going to show you something. He said, look on us. And he giving heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Didn't know what he was going to receive. But his eyes communicated some type of expectation. And the reason why I ask, how many times we come up for prayer and there's really no expectation. It's just a thing to do. You ain't never done that before. Don't start with me, brothers and sisters. Don't start with me at all. Come on. How many times? But we really, truly hadn't been expected. We hadn't even built up ourselves in the most holy faith to believe God for a particular thing. This man was expecting. And the reason why Peter said, look on us, because when he looked in his eyes, he saw something that he couldn't see with, with anybody else that was around at that particular time in that area. But he could perceive that this man wanted to be healed. This man had something going on in his eyes that communicated to Peter that this man wanted to be healed. Oh, praise the Lord. That's why I warn us all the time. We got to be careful. We can fall back into a religious trap real quick. 
just like a, a, the hamstone affairs, we're just going through the motions. We can just quickly, well, we know what to say, know what to do. And we can come complacent. Isn't that the truth? And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to thee in the name of Jesus. Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered in with him to the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Isn't that something? What else is going on here? Where there's some action that's being taken place. There's some action that's being taken place. Peter actually stretched out. He had already given the command. Is that right? In the name that is above every name. Is that right? First of all, the ingredient was faith. It was already there. You could proceed that the man had faith. The ingredient was there. Is that right? And he gave the command. Is that right? And then he put an action to it. Why? To enact the man's faith. Why? Because we just sit there and say, okay, praise the Lord, you heal. How many times have you heard that before in prayer line? Go and be here. You heal in the name of Jesus. And yet you don't give them nothing to do. Ah. Why? To enact their faith. Because if you don't give them nothing to do to enact their faith, they're going to lose it real quick. So Peter reached out his hand, helped lift him up, and asked, this is the work in a miracle. This is the actual working right here. Because he took his hand, helped lifting him up, and the man got on up. His faith was already there working. And the name of Jesus was glorified. That's why when we pray for people around here, we, we actually, I actually got to stop using that term pray for because it's used all the time. But I'm going to give you the definition of a little bit later on uh, of, of what, they, what it is. You're going to be shocked at it in this particular instance. But when he started commanding, he gave the word to, to preach and to speak. You follow me? Because very few times, the only time I could think that Jesus um, did any type of miracles as far as praying, he prayed before he raised up Lazarus. But see, Jesus already spent time with God. And when he was in certain places and stuff, you didn't see him do the traditional way that we do. Bow your head. Close your eyes. Hold a hand. Lay a hand on a head. No interest point, no access for God whatsoever at all. It's just a religious, something religious we learn to do. You know what I mean? The way we, we look in this book, especially with a lot of miracles Jesus did and the apostles did, we're, he, we're seeing points where they prayed, when they got finished praying, then they took action. We just pray and say, okay. Ah. Oh, we hope we learning something, huh? But he did proceed that this man had faith to be healed. Is that right? Let's go to Luke 10, 16 and watch something for a second. Luke 10, 16. He that heareth you, heareth me. Y'all see the reason why I put so much stock? I could understand if I was one of these faithless, lack, no power preachers. You understand me? Because I wouldn't be able to teach you anything if I didn't have any power. Isn't that right? I could see it. But I understand the reason why the preachers and teachers, they don't teach faith in the name of Jesus. Healing and miracles and casting out devils. Because you can only do that when you believe. Believers only do things like that. Does that make sense? Unbelievers can't do things like that. Only believers do things like that. Well, wait a minute. I believe. No, 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 no. No, you believe with your head. 
There's a difference between believing with the head and the heart. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Because when you believe with the heart, it will cause you to get past those challenges that are unspoken and do the work of faith. Amen. That's the reason why you don't see too much going on because people have a mental sin of, of Jesus. When it comes time for action, they can't get past their head. Why? Because the word is yet to sink into the heart. Hallelujah. It's good stuff, brothers and sisters. So that's why, you know, first of all, you already know who you are in Christ Jesus, right? You've been saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that right? You understand what I mean? And of course, we have seen entirely too much for us to, there's no way we can even deny salvation. We wouldn't want to anyway. God has done too much for us. You understand what I mean? And still doing too much. Matter of fact, it's not even a thought or even a notion. But you look at this. He said, he that heareth you heareth me. So, yeah, I put a lot of stock in, in, in people can hear me. And if they don't hear me, I know what's going on. It's none of my business, but I do know what's going on. Jesus said, he that despises you despises me. All past, he was talking to the disciples. Say that again. Talking to the disciples. That's what I thought. And who are we? Disciples of Christ. The same word that's settled in heaven forever. Same Jesus Christ yesterday, today, and forever. Amen, brothers and sisters. And he that despises me despises him that did what? Sent me. So Jesus got, hey, he's entrusted with us. He's given us a lot of trust. He's entrusted us a lot of stuff, brother. A lot of power, a lot of the keys to the kingdom. Of course, if you bound on earth, should be bound in heaven. You don't believe how many times I got to tell believers, bind it. Do what? Like they heard it for the first time. You mean to tell me you done got so paralyzed in unbelief that now you done forgot to even walk the way you're supposed to be walking? So that's what happens when you don't exercise. When you don't exercise, your muscles become lagging, sagging, lazy. You're not as strong. Same it is with the spirit man. Jesus tells us all the work, tells us all the time to exercise yourself rather to believe. Exercise yourself. Yeah, it does. It tells you all kinds. Build up yourselves. It tells you how you do this in the inward man. Strengthen out the inward man. Give us all kinds of spiritual exercises to do. And that's the reason why a lot of us are so impotent too, isn't it? I'll give you an example of impotence. The opposition coming in is kind of pretty harsh. But I promise you, you go talk to every last one of those people up there with all that opposition, they got answers for everything in the world. They got answers for everything. Y'all ain't never seen them people got answers for everything, but they don't have a pot to piss in and a wonder to throw it out of. But they can tell you everything there is or no. Now let me ask you a question. How much time should you spend listening to that nonsense? That's what I'm talking about, the opposition. They got a lot of talk, but they got very few little doing with what they talk about. You understand what I mean? We are supposed to be doers of the word. And that shuts the mouth of all these people that are pretending. That's what God wants us to be. But if you don't become a doer, you'll be, you'll be very impotent. You won't have any power to do anything. And if you don't exercise the inward man, how do you expect to have any power and strength? We got to get past the way that the old Pentecostals and Apostles used to. Wait for, the, wait for the spirit to breeze right on by. Wait for somebody else to get anointed so I can bask and share in it. How about you creating your own anointing with God? By walking close to him. Praise the Lord. 
But when you become lackadaisical and lazy, you just sit back and point the finger and, and you just do nothing but complain. Murmur and complain. All the while, you're a subject matter expert now. But ain't nothing getting done in the kingdom. God wants people of action. He wants something to get done. Amen. Now listen to this. And the 70 returned again with joy saying, what did they say? Lord, even the devils are subject unto us. How are the devils subject unto us? Through whose name? Not Ashley's name. Ashley's name ain't going to, them devils ain't going to, man, they ain't scared of Ashley. That ain't going to do it. The devil's not subject, not through Tyler's name. But through who name? It, it ain't through my name either. My name means dumb crap. Yes, sir. It's through the name of Jesus. Amen. The devil's a subject. You can't get man's subject, but you can get the devil's subject. Hallelujah. And he said unto them, but I beheld Satan as light and falling from heaven. Is that right? And look what he says. Behold, this is Jesus. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the who? Of the who? Who's the enemy? Where's he at? <laughs> Isn't that something? Sorry to disappoint you, but he ain't in hell with a pitchfork. He's walking all over this earth. Yeah, he does. He got a, a, a dominion, a throne. Yeah, he does. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice, not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. You know, one thing about Jesus, he always tried to put the people in memory and in mind who you are, what you stand for, and the reason why you're here. I mean, to him, this is kind of like a little light thing that the spirits are subject to you. Isn't that right? So until you get revelation knowledge of Jesus, you're not going to be effective as you should. It's got to become personal. Until then, you'll sit back and watch everybody else who has a personal relationship. And you won't be able to share in the glory of God like he wants you to. You can't have his glory, but you can share in his glory. Because one thing about a real true believer, every real true believer desires to be used of God. What do you want? What do you have, Lord? What do you have for me to do? Here I am, Lord. Use me. Once you start tasting that, boy, you start, okay, what's next? Amen? And as the people are healed, your faith increases. What happens when you do something constantly that you usually hadn't been used to doing before? It's not even, it doesn't even register anymore as unbelief, does it? Why? Because you do it so much. It's become your nature. Then, if you, since you have a nature like that that's being developed, what room does doubt have then? Then it can't arise in your heart then, can it? You won't even hear the communication of it. Amen. If anything, there'll be some devils. I wish he wouldn't do this. I wish he wouldn't do this. I wish. And why? Because they're so beat up. Yes, <laughs> they're so beat up and so put in the corner. They just know it's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Boy, oh Lord, here they come. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Here we are. Yeah. Smiling, facing off. That's what happens a lot of times. You come around believers. And then all of a sudden the air changes and you start seeing people getting fearful and stuff. A lot of times people get fearful because you got clothes on too. That's what the Bible says. 
there was a man that was tearing himself half deaf, renting himself in clothes. And the Bible said he was, this man was clothed and in his right mind and the people were afraid. I said, man, is this not crazy or what? So you start behaving holy and doing the things that are right, people are going to get afraid of you. They're going to be afraid of you. Amen? So your hand is an extension. All right? Now, Jesus has given us authority, but you might see um, someone get some oil when they're praying for someone. I'm just talking about some of the traditional ways. You might see them uh, lay hands on them. You understand what I mean? But without fail, every time you see somebody praying, what's the first thing they do when they're commanding, healing, or put their hands on everybody? Okay, bow your head with me. How do I know that? Man, I used to do that all the time. I do it all the time. Very rarely y'all ever see me bow my head when I'm commanding or dealing with healing or, or deliverance. Or when it's in deliverance, we usually do because we got so much we have to pray through. Why? To position the people and ourselves in such a way so that Christ can work. Amen. This thing is real. Amen. Amen. John 14, 12, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Is that right? So whatever Jesus did, you should be doing. Amen. Isn't that right? Amen. Now, we're going to go to Luke, the sixth chapter. Luke, the sixth chapter, and we're going to show you some examples here again. Of how Jesus and the apostles did some healing. We're going to start at verse 5. And look at this. And he said unto them, The Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. What did he do? He taught. So he entered synagogue and he taught. Isn't that right? And there was a man whose right hand was what? Withering. You ever seen people's hands like this? Huh? How many times have you ever seen some people's hands like that? And um, you went up to look at them and see if they had faith to be healed. You ever did that? Or you just look at them and go, boy. Mm. The Bible said over in Acts 3 that when Peter and him went into the temple, they had walked up to this man. And this man, he just had faith to receive something. What the Bible said. You know what I mean? I'm not saying go out here and just heal up in the head and out of everything. Because you ain't going to be doing the healing anyway. Right. Jesus won't do the healing. But he can't do no healing without you. Right. Ah. So, him working with us. Is that what the Bible says? Christ working with us. Isn't that right? That's right. So now you see the reason why ain't too much work of Christ being done? Because people won't allow him to work. That'd be a good time to to see something like that in a meeting, wouldn't it? Maybe God will bless me to have a meeting that somebody's going to walk in and they got a hand like that. I know exactly what to do. Because usually if folks going to come to a meeting, they're perceiving, they're going and, and you can tell they got that skeptic spirit on them. What do you do? Let them sit there. <laughs> Let them sit there. But you can look in people's eyes and tell if they have faith to be healed. But this man had a withered hand. Is that right? Yes. Now look, look at this now. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him. Isn't that how they did? Sister Carol, when we went down to East Tennessee when that lady was in the line had that spirit of depression. That pastor gave me that bottle of oil like this. Because I said it was a spirit. And then they all sit and watched me. Someone was watching like it. 
Watch, see what I was going to do. Boy, I tell you. Sure did make the roof come down. Praise the Lord. Look at this. Whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that was that hang up. You know what the hang up is today? Ain't no miracles today. You know the reason why too, don't you? Listen to what they're saying. They'll never see one. That's how people believe. Why? Because the mouth we make confession. So a lot of times people have bound themselves by their religions. There ain't no healings today. That's why we got doctors. Amen. I didn't know Christ was still dead. Amen. I thought he was alive personally. Amen. But in religion he's dead. Ah. And so they start making excuses for what Christ used to do rather than doing them. You got to watch these things, brothers and sisters. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might uh, look, find an accusation against him. Not, they, were, they was not even concerned that this person had a withered hand. They was not even looking for this person to be healed. That was the farthest thing from their mind. They was worried about discrediting Jesus. Making him look like a fraud. But he knew their thoughts. And he said to the man, which had the withered hand. He didn't go and have no words with the scribes and Pharisees. Rise up and stand forth in the mist. Isn't that something? And he rose and stood forth. And Jesus said unto them, Now, hey, I remember I was down here in um, South Carolina not too long ago. And immediately my attention was, was um, to a man that came in that had a cane. He walked through the door. He couldn't miss it. And I said, hey, look at that. I said, you believe Jesus can heal you? And then he comes up with all this seven-day Adventist doctor. Oh, boy. I said, okay, I know what this is going to be. I didn't say nothing about no seven-day Adventist. I didn't say nothing about taking no herbs. <laughs> I didn't say nothing about anything. He comes out and he just, all this philosophy, didn't he? And I said, well, I'll tell you what, you just stay right there. And then, oh, it was something else. You know, I ain't going to rehash that. Anyway. He didn't get healed. And Jesus said unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or do evil, to save life or destroy it? And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, the mind of man is in the middle, right? Stretch forth thy hand. He did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. First, Jesus put the man standing up there. Then he told the man, if that man never stretched forth his hand, it had never been healed. Jesus didn't have to say, stretch forth your hand in my name. No, because he was the authority and power. But he has given us his name. And we need to be using it a whole lot more. Amen. Jesus don't mind songs being sung to him and stuff, but he wants his name to be used like he's giving it to us for. Instead of misappropriating it. Hallelujah. And look at his attitude right here. And he did so, and he was restored whole as the other, as the other look. And they were filled with madness and communed one another what they might do to Jesus. Is that not absurd and crazy? We've had people come here from other churches, I mean, literally flat out get touched by Jesus, get healed and stuff. And we ask the question all the time why are you still over there? Cindy don't mind, she'll tell them flat out. 
See, why in the world are you still over there in dead places then? I just don't understand. How in the world are you going to come over here? Every time you come here, Jesus do something for you, and then you go right back to the mausoleums. Do you think you're going to resurrect the dead like that? In that case, they need to let the dead bury the dead then, don't they? Isn't that right? Luke 13. Watch this one. Verse 10. You there? Praise the Lord. And he was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, was bowed together. Is that right? Bowed together. And could in no wise lift up herself. Y'all seen these people like this, hadn't you? Yeah, they all bent over and back all up like that. Y'all ain't never seen no people walk around like that? What you think that is? They got osteoporosis, right? Yeah, it may be now for the result of it, but the Bible tells me that is a spirit of infirmity. See the reason why people can't see today? Huh? Because they got an excuse for everything. Unbelieving excuse that caused them to have inaction. They don't look at it as a spirit. But the Bible says there was a spirit of infirmity. Isn't that right? And you can tell when you look at somebody if they got faith to be healed or not. I've seen people have spirits, want to keep them. Satisfied with them. I kid you not. It's sad. But look at this. And when Jesus saw her, he called her unto him. What did he do? Come over here. Today people look at, well, you won't. Well, okay, praise the Lord. But if you call somebody, let's say if you did that one, they call somebody, you got something to do. Uh-huh. And he said unto her, woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. And look, action, and he, first he commanded. Is that right? Look what he says. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, there's other times you'll see in there, and us don't get dogmatic and say, okay, first you got to command and lay hands. It depends on what the Holy Spirit would have you to do. Because you can lay hands and command. But there's all different types of instances. We're trying to show you that there's action involved. Not inaction. Is that right? And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. And said unto the people. There are six days in which men ought to work. And in them therefore come and be healed. And not on the Sabbath day. What in the world is wrong with these people? You see they're not concerned about people. Not at all. They're concerned about if their law is kept, which ain't even God's law. Amen. And the Lord answered, then, then uh, the Lord then answered him and said, you hypocrite, do not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away into to watering. And ought not this woman being the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound, who bound this woman? Satan. I know just physical circumstances. No, Environmental. Diet. Isn't that something? Satan bound this woman. That's what it says, isn't it? Calcium deficiency. She didn't drink water. Generational curse. Now who Satan had bound? Lo, these 18 years to be loose from the bond on this Sabbath day. Isn't that right? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced. For all the glorious things which were done by him. Praise the name of Jesus. Mark 5. Let's go over here to Mark 5 and let's look at this one. You can tell in your spirit if you're being challenged by certain things. Those, those are things in, the, in your heart that you need to work on. Are you following me? Because sometimes you're confronted with stuff and it makes your spirit rock. Oh boy. And the first thing 
you do is, and the reason why you're rocking real so much, you know I can talk to y'all about this because I personally deal with all these things. You know the reason why I'm rocking real so much? Because the first thing you do is start trusting your own self. Say, so, man, I don't know if I can do this. Now, wait a minute, I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. That's what the word says, isn't that right? But you can only do it through who? Christ. So you remove yourself and get out of the way like you should, then Christ can do something. Amen. And a lot of times that's the strangest thing to do. You go lay your hand on dead folk and see if they raise up, see what you're going to be challenged with. Oh, boy. When those situations come, I'm telling you, your spirit gets challenged. But if you ain't used to laying your hands on nobody for no headache, you ain't got faith for that, how you going to believe God for greater things? Praise the Lord. Mark 5, 21. Look what he says right here. I'll start at verse 20. And he saw their faith. Isn't that something? How in the world can you see faith? It has no substance. But it is a substance things hope for, isn't it? But it ain't something physically, tangibly you can touch. It's something you can do what, apparently? See. We learned that from Peter too, didn't he? And he saw, that's perception, their faith. Isn't that something? Look what he says right here. And he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this which speaks such blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, there go your hands perceiving. He answered and said unto them, why reason ye in your what? Heart. Well, now, wait a minute. Where was, he, where, where was these thoughts coming from? Uh-huh. So a lot of this stuff that's going on in your head is the communication of this right here. We're just pointing to that, but you know what I mean. Isn't that something? Are we hearing this? Are we hearing this? We get this, boy. You can get something. And look at this. And Jesus perceived their what? Thoughts. Where does the thoughts happen at? Right here in the head, don't they? Huh? But the communication comes from the heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I know. But I just, just the way I think, the heart is deceitful. And it's desperately wicked. Are we getting this thing yet? Well, Pastor Diane said it enough. Well, I don't perceive there's no faith. Especially when you see that. We're getting excited. Anyway, praise the Lord. Whether it's easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say rise up and walk. But ye may know that the Son of Man have power on earth to forgive sins. He say unto the sick of the pause, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch and go into thy house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up that where he laid on, laid and departed to his own house glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God. And we're filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Huh? Well, all they're doing is seeing the things they should be seeing. Isn't that right? Now, I'm, I'm, am I, did I tell y'all Mark? And I'm over in Luke. I just figured that out. Why ain't y'all brother stop me? It was still good. Because I sure did learn some more. Let me go over here where I'm supposed to be at then. Everybody just sitting there, no wonder y'all looking at me like that. And I go, man, I don't perceive no faith. And y'all still sitting there dumbfounded. 
Ain't nobody said nothing. Anyway, anyway, all right, Pastor, off the mountain you go. I'm sitting up here saying something's wrong. And y'all still just let me just, anyway, praise the Lord. I see y'all got my back, don't you? Way back. My God, I'm hurt. Well, you the one up there. Praise the Lord. Mark 5, 21. And when Jesus had passed again over the ship on the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he said, and, uh, and he was nigh unto the sea, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. Now, this just happened to be one of these Pharisees, is that right? And look what it says right here. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. That's worship. Is that right? And look, besought him greatly, saying, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. He had a concern, didn't he? Concern was his little daughter lieth at the point of death. Is that right? I pray thee, come and lay, hand, look, thy hands on her. Now, this is the rule of the synagogue, notice. Isn't that something? Come lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him. Jesus did go with him. Isn't that right? And much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood of what? Twelve years, and has suffered many things of, many things of many physicians. She did what? She, she got healed at physicians. Now, she suffered. And people still doing it today. I don't want to hear it. But you understand what people do. Go to the physician. Go to the physician. Go to the physician. Keep suffering. Just keep on suffering. And look what it says right here. And look. And has spent all that she had. And that was something. Our society is something else. You work all your life. You save up 401k, annuities, retirement, IRAs, all kind of stuff. And then you work, and then next thing you know, you get sick. Then you spend all your retirement paying for your sickness. And then when you run out of money, they take all your substance, your houses. Uh huh. And then when you run out of all that, and you ain't got no money, they tell you go somewhere. Because when you run out of money, they ain't got no use for you. They tell you go die. That's what our society do. Yeah, they'll say, go to the doctor. And what they're doing, the devil's putting a hook in your jaw to get you to trust that way too. So when you get that way, you ain't got no other choice but to do it. You're just snared. People can't even enjoy the money that they so-called work for because they give it all to the doctors. Don't get any better, get worse. And then you die miserable. Is that not crazy? Somebody with some intelligence will look at this thing and say, man, we're a fool. We're a literal fool to keep rehashing the same old mindset. Somebody got to be out of their mind. Something got to change. I got this old crazy thought that maybe you teach people how to, you know, help, you know, to prevent diseases by taking care of themselves. Then you don't have to spend all your money. Amen. Trying to heal yourself. You can actually save a lot of money if you let Jesus do it. Somebody said, well, I prayed and I trusted God and I did as I did. You still something wrong with you. Some way means something wrong. Something wrong in your heart. Uh oh. See, Pastor, we're doing pretty good till you got personal. This woman had an issue of blood 12 years and couldn't get any better. Is that right? And she rather grew worse. 
And when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, that if I may but touch the, his clothes, I shall be what? She said, it's in her heart. If I may but touch your clothes, I'm going to be whole. Isn't that right? And straightway, the foundation of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Isn't that something? Whatever she was bleeding at, it stopped. She knew in her body that. Isn't that something? And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned around about them and said, hey, look at this. Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said, come on, man. Jesus, look at him, man. All these people thronging you out here. Huh? And look, and you asking who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that this thing had been done. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Then he came to the place that they said that the little girl was dead. He said, Be a good cheer. She ain't dead. She, she just sleeping. And then Jesus healed her. Just raised her flat out up from him. Oh, come on. We can't. Yeah, we can too, brothers and sisters. We can do that. Look at Luke 6, 19. Well, we're going to finish up right here, all right? Look at Luke 6, 19. And I'll just give you a few things here to read, all right? And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. This is just people touching him. They sought to touch him. Action, faith and action. Isn't that something? They sought to touch it. Now look at this. That word, that word, virtue. All right? I'm going to give you 1A, all right, of, of 1411. Inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. What does Pastor Dow talk about all the time around here? You get this word in your heart. You have this word in your heart. It's going to change your nature. It's going to change the way you act. It's going to change the way you be. It's going to change the way you think. If you just get this word down to everything you, you thinking right now, I promise you all that stuff is going to go away. You know, that's one thing about it. There's one thing, there's one thing about the character of Jesus. The people that wanted to be healed and the people who had a love for God, they loved him. But the religious folk hated him. They wanted him dead. <laughs> they wanted to accuse him. They wanted to have him killed. Religious folk. So what that's going to tell you? Church folk going to think you crazy. Church folk going to call you a kook, looted to them. Religious folk. Get out of my face. Get, out, get away from me. Get out of our coast. If they did it to the master. Remember they did it to him before they did it to you. Isn't that true? But look at this, inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of his nature or which a person or a thing exerts and puts forth. Why? Because it comes from the inside, it comes from Jesus. Moral power and excellence of soul. What is that? Wow, you see these conditions? Soul, mind, will, and emotions. Yeah. You got your mind stayed on Jesus. Your will is God's will. Amen. You're not an emotional wreck because you're in peace. Yeah. Yeah. So all this stuff we be teaching all the time, there it is. You're going to have to change. 
Yes, sir. We're going to change. Uh, I'll tell you what, just read Acts 5. You'll have to do good on that one, all right? And let's go to, let's finish right here. Acts 28. Acts 28. Are y'all ready for this? And we're finishing on this. Saints, I guess what the Holy Spirit is saying, I know he's saying this. You don't hide his word in your heart like we've been told. You don't bind his word in your heart. You don't change your character and nature. Don't expect great things from God. Because there's no way he can exhibit his nature. Because we're charged to be conformed to the image of his dear son. Isn't that right? We got some conditions. Look what he says right here. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the, bar, what is that? Barbarous people showed us little Showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire. In other words, they, they made a fire for them. And received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. In other words, this viper bit Paul on the hand. One of them deadly vipers, too. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast, Hang on his hand. They said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer. See, it used to be people would say if some evil befalls you, you done done something. You done done something because evil just following you all over the place. Nowadays, we just go, oh, what misfortune. Pray for him. Bless the soul. We're talking about everybody gets that, not the righteous. It's amazing. Up here. When uh, Doug and Diane was involved in an accident, it already got shifted that Sister Carol and I was in it, and we was already um, accusing the state and everybody else. We got to be disciples of Christ. Amen. Said said that all we had was just a little fender bender. Can't <laughs> you not? These people in this deranged minds. I'm just bringing out stuff like that because how are you going to see the enemy working if you don't talk about those things? That's how the enemy works. And what's amazing to me is the, who, got, who gets all the news presses, the, the folks that's dead, they don't mention one thing. Not one thing. The most I ever saw the accident of Doug and him was his shoe. I said, man, there's something wrong with the minds. This generation, and we've become part of it, has made us cold, hard, and callous. You can even see remnants of those hard spots on our heart, even when we behave with each other at times. And it ought not to be. I told you, you come from stuff like that, we got a lot to work on. Yes, sir. But anyway, look what happens right here. Fourth verse, and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom, though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered not to live. Isn't that something? So this man escaped the sea. Man, he had to survive that, but boy, now he get over here on the side of the shore and he got this poisonous snake done bit him. Man, he, he done done something. Now look at this. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. 
How be it? Well, and they shall take up serpents. Now, I'm going to tell you this, too. That's based on conditions. You look at the character and nature of Paul. You look and see if um, Paul also, like Jesus, was inherited power residing in a thing by virtue of his nature. Come on, brothers and sisters. Don't think because you fire baptized Holy Ghost field that you automatically got this. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Paul said it took me three years to unlearn everything that I'd ever learned that I might learn Christ. Some of us, it's, it's ridiculous as long as it's taken just to unlearn of some things. Because we ain't trying to unlearn. Yet we expect the same promises. And then if God don't deliver, we'll sit there and judge him. We better stop that mess. That's the heart. Come on, brothers and sisters. Now watch this. How be it? Uh, six verse. They looked when he should have swollen or fallen down su dead suddenly. You know, it's just a matter of time. Must be one of them two-step snakes. Bite you, take two steps, bam. They waiting for Paul to die. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds. <laughs> and said that he is a God. Uh, you know they're barbarians. Isn't that right? In the same quarters were possessions of a chief man of the island whose name was Palibus. Who received us. What did what this man do though? Very important. And lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass. That the father of Pilatus lay sick. Of a fever. And of a what? Bloody flux. He had some type of bowel dysentery. That's what bloody flux is. Just blood flowing out of his bowels. Just blood coming all up out of his rear end. How about that one? That's easy enough, isn't it? And look what it says right here. Whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed. See what happens when somebody get healed or something? Hey, but we live in a, remember, Jesus did tell us we live in an evil and adulterous generation. It's cold heart. People can hear about somebody getting healed. It don't even move them no more now. See, I'm just trying to show you how far the heart has done turned. How far we've done fallen. How far man has done got away from God. People can sit up and see a miracle, see a notable thing that God did. And yet still it would not move them one bit. Used to, if somebody got healed, man, they get on the phone. They couldn't get on the phone. They just ran across the island and told everybody. Word traveled quick and next thing you know, this man had a line now people mm, Satan all up in them Just all up in the nature of man And here we are Trying to warn man everywhere Especially us first So we receive what we receive We get spoke to the way we get spoke to Not because God wants us to be Some sorry pieces of trash Because he wants us to be the real disciples As the disciples were When he was walking on his earth He's given us much, much as required. And you got to get rid of this um, onion paper skin that you got. Amen. 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 Being so easily offended 
Well, that ain't the way that we, we, we. And can you paralyze? Can't do nothing. Can you too busy concentrating on that? Oh, praise the Lord. We got to get rid of this stuff. Our hearts should be motivated to serve Jesus. But let's just tell the truth. We can't really sense that. Not with everybody. It should be that way across the board. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It should be that way across the board. But it's just not that way. It's, it needs to be that way. King getting ready to come and look at the condition his church is in. Getting ready to come, look at the condition his church is in. How are we going to have faith to run from one mountain to the next mountain? It's not like we can't have faith to do the simple things. These things we ought to have done and not left out undone. Why? Right back to Proverbs 3. My son, forget not thy law. Don't forget my law. Hmm? Let your heart be inclined to keep my commandments. They give you a length of days. Long time to live. Good health and peace too. I can tell you right here, we don't, we don't, I'm telling you, we don't worry about no sickness and disease. We just don't. I ain't got time for it. I told you about when I was, um, every year, around this certain time of the year, I would have this, this gravely, to me it was a deathly it, it sickness. My throat would hurt real bad. My insides would hurt real bad. And every year I'd have to go get a shot. Go get a shot in my rear end just so it would stop. This happened as a Holy Ghost field believer. I'd have to go get a shot just to stop it. And so one year I go, man, there's something. Every single year it seemed like something like it's going. I ain't got no preachers or teachers to teach me nothing. I'm just going through this thing myself. And I said, man, I tell you, I said, I ain't getting no shot this year. I just, I'm just going to die. Either I'm going to die or I'm going to come out of this as fine go because I am not going to do it. And there, that's when we was living on Center Street. And people come over, man, I was just locked up in that room. Bro, Shane and Carol, remember? I was locked up. I couldn't move. Bad, gravely sick. I mean sick. Here I am sitting there thinking, man, I'm about to die in these folks, here and these folks out there having fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting there thinking like this. I'm losing weight. Blood coming out of my mouth and carrying on. I can't eat, can't drink nothing. I'm just, I mean, bad, bad, bad. And then God, God turned it. Choo. But it took a few days, a few days of hell. And I just kept believing God. I said, I don't care. I'm trusting Jesus. I'm trusting Jesus for my healing. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I just kept saying that. Don't you know that thing ain't never came back? Because hmm? I ain't expect for it to come back either. And if it does come back, I got something for it. Because he wouldn't like the way I was going to have for it if it tried to come back either. I know exactly what it is. Now here many, many years later, after we done passed many, many moons, now I'm equipped with a whole lot more knowledge than I ever was. So the enemy has got to be kind of strategic and a little bit careful if he's going to try to bring some type of attack now. Why? Because we're not watching naturally, we're watching in the spirit. Without a vision, my people perish. Hallelujah. We bless the name of Jesus. Hope you learned something. Father, we do thank you for your words of truth. We pray that these sins will sink deep down in our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.
Y'all dads, y'all pray for y'all children. Lord, lay hands on them. And then make sure you do the things that are necessary to keep them. Amen? Because ain't no way these children should be getting sick around here like they've been doing. It's a front to us to see these children be getting sick the way they be getting sick. Because we don't teach that here, and they shouldn't be like that here. It's never happened until y'all generations come. Then these children start getting sick like pigs. Y'all need to do something spiritually with y'all households. Praise the Lord. Amen. I understand a few little sicknesses here and there because there was people that Paul even left sick. Some of this other stuff, y'all better start taking care of these children. Children ain't going to take care of themselves. They're children. You're supposed to take care of them. Praise the Lord. Now, I hope you teach them something so that later on they can teach their children something. 